queens and those in between, and welcome to episode 14 of the Busted Limes podcast. I'm your host, Paresh Maharaj, and joining me as usual is Black Belt. Yo. Good to see you, Black Belt. And we also have with us a very special guest. This is a man, well, I'll let him take care of his own introduction, but this is the man who I met through podcasting, and he has just been an absolute joy to collaborate with, and it is such uh, just makes me giddy to finally have him on the show um seth go ahead and introduce yourself hello thank you for that glowing introduction that was uh really nice to hear i appreciate that yeah no problem so what is it that you do mr seth oh i do a little bit of this and that all over the place um but as you mentioned we know each other through podcasting and that's the podcast that i run the film rescue show where we take a movie and then pitch hypothetical new versions of it whether that's changing the genre changing plot points recasting recruing uh good movies bad movies everything in between we just have a great time getting hypothetical with what movies could be oh yeah and um having guested on that podcast i will say that 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 is some of the most fun that i have had it, ever since i started podcasting which admittedly hasn't been that long but yeah you know Sitting down there for three hours talking about how it would fix Bohemian Rhapsody, I wouldn't is an experience I actually would not trade for the world. No, yeah, that yeah. was great. And then you're also the only guest that can claim that you've been on the show without me being on the show when you did Pacific Rim Uprising. Yeah, which I really missed you for that, but uh, you know, I understand life had other plans for you, but yeah, it, it was one of those things. I was I was on vacation and I had the recording rig, but the cabin that we were staying in was not cooperating, and we had tried to do a an episode the previous night and just it was awful and i was like you know what guys i you got to take this one with without me unfortunately which is sad because i love pacific rim but getting to listen to the episode on the way home uh everybody said anything i would have said i had nothing more to add you guys crushed it oh nice awesome that's good to hear but yeah um i feel like you're selling yourself a little short you said uh, the a podcast film rescue but that's not we all we both know that that's not the only podcast you run come on <laughs> yeah, that's the only one I host. I'll put it that way. <laughs> um, oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, uh, I run a media company called Montressor Media. Uh, we are now there you go. five podcasts strong, uh, mo- most of them talking about either uh, movies or video games. We're expanding into other markets probably later on this year, including getting strapped up for YouTube and TikTok because that's what the kids want now. So I guess we'll see how that goes. <laughs> Yep, yep. Oh man, TikTok, I'm really looking forward to that. And uh, But let's just uh, get now to the subject of our current episode. Um, We're kind of going back to our roots here at Busted Limes, where we are going to get a reaction to someone experiencing a classic piece of media for the first time. Those of you who've been following us know that we started off this show with uh, Black Belt giving his thoughts on seeing Cowboy Bebop for the first time. So now we are here with Seth, and he is here to give us his thoughts upon seeing Naruto for the first time. Absolutely. I just want to say how it's hard to put into words how excited I was when Paresh told me that we were planning on doing this episode because Naruto specifically, like, that was my gateway drug into anime. Mm. And because for so long it was, like, kind of the most popular shonen that people my age were watching. It's so rare for me now to meet people who haven't seen it watching it for the first time. I only know of, like, one other person personally right now who's doing that. So when I heard that 
not only had you started watching it for the first time, but you were all the way through all the canon episodes and ready to discuss it. I was like, holy shit, I can't miss this episode. <laughs> yeah, and, and to be clear, this wasn't planned around this episode either. I was doing this because a friend of mine... Um, agreed to watch My Hero Academia, and I told him he only had to watch the first season. You know, if he didn't like it, he didn't have to do anymore. And he said the same thing about Naruto. He was like, if you don't like original Naruto, you can bow out. You don't have to do Shippuden. And he blazed through My Hero uh, all, all the way up to current episodes in like two weeks. And I was like, all right, well, I guess I'm going to do all of Naruto. Here we go. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, that is usually how it goes with getting into My Hero. It, yes, for sure. And it, yeah. and uh, all of this came from uh, he was sleeping over one night, and we were just kind of going back and forth in our favorite you know, anime moments, and he showed me uh, Rock Lee dropping the weights and yes. was like, you know, just telling me about everything that had led up to this. And then I, I was showing him the uh, United States of Smash, and I was like telling him everything that led up to that. So it was just kind of this like shared moment of... Uh, anime nerding out and uh yeah so i did it as a favor initially and then when i got to the end of the original series i was like well shippuden's better I, i'm gonna continue so yeah i guess that, that being said um before we hear what your impressions are i'm actually a little bit curious to hear like i guess what you knew about naruto or what your preconceptions were going in like i guess as regards to characters or plot because I mean, Naruto and Sasuke, at the very least, are pretty ubiquitous in anime discussions at this point, even among people who haven't seen the show. So I'm just curious, kind of like, what, what were you expecting going in, like, aside from what your friend told you about Rock Lee and the weights? Yeah, um, I knew I knew the memes, so that was probably, like, my most um, familiarized thing, is, like, you know, Sasuke is dark and brooding, and Naruto's, like, a himbo, and the the kind of dichotomy <laughs> between those characters. And then, like, I knew Kakashi was a badass. I did not know how mm -hmm. bad of a badass at the time, but I was at least familiar with that being his character. And um, the, the villains were... They don't get memed as much besides, like, Madara, so I, I wasn't super familiar with what the overall plots were going to be, so all of that got to be new to me. I, I think I was most wrong going into it about the presentation style and that is only because of i think the other things that got famous around this time like bleach and uh other other you know big shonen animes were di very different presentation styles so watching this uh after probably like the first few episodes i was trying to go back to like my i would have been 11 when the first series started and then um i guess that lasted over what four years something like that so i like this would have been right up my alley had i been watching it when it was coming out gotcha gotcha oh nice so yeah let's get into the series proper now so uh well you mentioned uh, rock lee dropped the weights and i just want to get this up because if you ask me rock lee dropping the weights that's one of those anime moments where every older well older in this case being 30s <laughs> every older anime fan <laughs> knows where they were when Rock Lee dropped the weights and when Goku turned Super Saiyan for the first time. So, mm, yeah. Yeah, you mentioned um, that you'd actually seen the scene of Rock Lee dropping the weights before you'd actually watched the series. So, did that affect your reaction at all, seeing it a second time when you actually watched the scene in context? Um, I, I It was definitely more heightened the second time I because I was sh shocked... Having that been my only context, I was shocked what kind of a character he was interpersonally. Like him 
uh, uh, simping after Sakura and all that, you know, like <laughs> kind of uh, like undoing of his character. So then I was like, why does everyone think this guy's a badass? Like, I know he gets that badass moment, but this feels goofy. And then by the time it gets there, because that's pretty far into the fight, you know, at least halfway. And then it happens. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh, no, th- I, this totally makes sense. I'm I'm 100 percent on board. Yeah, I think the way I'd fr- I'd pitched it to you on Twitter was that you won't meet him for a while, but Rock Lee is best boy. <laughs> yep, yeah. and totally agree. Ah, yeah. good, good, good. Which yeah. you mentioned you got into Naruto because you got your friend into My Hero, so I guess now you might understand why when My Hero started, a lot of people pitched it by saying, it's basically Naruto if Rock Lee was the main character. <laughs> uh, yeah, I could, I could definitely see that, even color scheme included in that, yeah. totally. Oh sh- yeah! Oh my God, you're you're right. Wow, I can't believe I did not make that connection earlier. Yeah, no, wow, the, the the parallels oh. between Deku and All Might, and then uh, Guy and Rock Lee are <laughs> definitely there. I would have to say, post end of Shippuden, Guy might might be like maybe a whisker below All Might for me. They are like neck and neck in like all time super good protagonist characters. Oh, yeah, I would totally be there with you on that. Maybe just a whisker, but only because All Might has the like the Superman charm, where I feel like uh, Guy is. Um, I, I don't know. Maybe maybe a little, and maybe it's because of his backstory. Finding that out uh, makes him a little more human, so he's easier to to recognize. With. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got a strong female role model too. That's also a good. That's a nice bonus. Oh yeah, you know? absolutely. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, last time I saw, I last time I saw an anime like that was probably Fairy Tale, and I don't remember shit from Fairy Tale except for, apart from boobies. So <laughs> you know, I mean, to be fair, that's about all anybody I know talks about in regards to Fairy Tale anymore. <laughs> God, oh boy. So, but, uh, yeah, initial impressions. I, I guess that's the question we were on. Um, yeah, I should mention I also started watching Avatar: The Last Airbender around the time that I started Naruto and oh. I won't disparage Avatar however that that show I would have been very into as a kid and then ha- having not seen it as a kid and w- and visiting as an adult I was recognizing the like after school special tropes in it and they get mm. a little tedious for me I'll put it that way and so mm. going into Naruto I was expecting a similar thing and it and it really wasn't that and it, i mean it kicks off into some some like crazy territory really shortly in like zabaza in the first 12 episodes holy Lord. shit <laughs> you know, like <laughs> oh yeah it the the tone that the, that the show set early on was like oh no dude we are going hard in the paint right out the gate and if you think we're gonna slow down for more than training you are dead wrong besides flashbacks yeah, one thing that I want to um, just bring up as someone who watched the show as it was coming out, one thing that I think um, definitely is showing in your um, impressions is the benefit of skipping all the filler. Because, mm-hmm. like, to give you an idea of how bad the filler you skipped is, and to be fair, I'm actually going to recommend a filler episode to you to watch at the end of this. Oh, cool. But to give you an idea how bad some of the filler gets, especially in Shippuden... There are some episodes that are literally mostly flashbacks to previous episodes, like directly previous episodes. Yeah. 
Like, and so, yeah, I think obviously that's contributed to what you enjoyed, but I think that also just speaks to how good Kishimoto is, especially early on, is at crafting narratives that just start to start off so strong and then throughout the manga and then near the canon anime episodes just keep hitting all those points when he needs to. Yeah. And, like, I, I recognize the the necessity of stuff like that when, you know, animation is, is expensive and yeah. you're, this is super long running. I mean, we're talking hundreds of episodes compared to mm-hmm. something like Avatar, which is what, like, I think 20 episodes a season. So the yeah. need for flashback yeah. isn't as necessary. I, I get the function and I, like, 100% did not watch any of the filler i read cliff notes and by the time i got to shippuden when i was seeing that i was skipping like entire seasons i was going oh god what is happening in between here (laughs) oh Oh, man boy yeah i so if not to distract from you know your first impressions but just to bring up my naruto watching experience because i remember all this happening like i started watching naruto and this is the part where i make all of our guests feel old when i was in elementary school (laughs) So, oh god. I remember in real time watching all of those, you know, entire seasons of filler and like at the time my knowledge of like the manga and anything that happened in Japan before it was dubbed, I like just got that through friends because I hadn't quite figured out the internet fandoms yet. Sure. So, like most of the time I was watching this stuff like it, it was the thing like I could like watch it and enjoy it for parts of it because like the one good thing about the fillers it gave the spotlight to a lot of side characters who didn't get as much in the main story but like i remember during one of these filler arcs with one of my friends i went over to his house and he showed me a bunch of shippuden stuff because that had like just the shippuden had just started as an anime in japan sure and he was showing me all of the fucking post time skip designs and all these new characters i was like holy shit why are we wasting our time on this bullshit that's happening in the show right now i didn't say bullshit i was like 11 but i was like why are we wasting our time with stuff like this <laughs> yeah. when we could be getting fucking sakura actually doing something what what is happening in japan <laughs> and sasuke's right. Not wearing a shirt, that's weird, but okay. They had to make him sexier for their growing audience. Yeah. No, again, I recognize the necessity of that, and do not begrudge Kishimoto his decision to do so. Right. Yeah, I I get it, but uh, it was definitely like a informed decision to skip filler. And uh, to their credit, there was definitely less filler in the original series. Mm -hmm. I don't understand, uh, based on my first impressions of it, I don't understand why people think Sasuke is a badass. Like, th- this might be hot takes, but I think he's kind of a little bitch. No, that's a pretty popular impression of him, especially now. Okay. As okay. someone who, yeah. as I said, was in elementary school at the time, Sasuke was my favorite Naruto character. So just to give not necessarily a devil's advocate, but just to explain why he was so well-liked is because he fit to that um mold of edgy brooding bad boy right who had just enough of a heart of gold to not technically be a villain in the early episodes and we all know from being in phantoms there's a demographic for that sure like 
whether that's what you're attracted to or whether that's what you want to emulate or just because you think it's cool to play as him in a video game like there's appeal to Sasuke when you're watching the show as you know a preteen or a kid as opposed to you know a 20 30 something year old who understands a little bit more what makes an interesting character an interesting <laughs> person yeah and yeah exactly yeah oh yeah Sasuke no I was gonna say Sasuke is definitely a little bitch but he can be a compelling little bitch at times depending on what you look for in characters that you want to be fans of is my take on him (laughs) yeah my take on him is just childhood is uh, idolizing Sasuke uh, adulthood is idolizing Kakashi yeah yeah Yeah, I can uh, I I can see that (laughs) I think the 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 thing that bugged me most about their rivalry is Sasuke like saw his whole family and clan murdered. I that is traumatic. I get mm-hmm. it. Also, the show's going to show that to us seventeen different times. So <laughs> if you're not on board with it yet, you will be by the end. But then <laughs> he they kind of gloss over and never bring up the fact that. Naruto never even got to know his family to not to like to be able to love them. I, I feel so, like that's e- equally traumatic in some way. Like I, I would if it were me, I would at least see that it's fairly equal. Like maybe Naruto's the one person that could understand you, and and maybe it's just like his his uh, lack of empathy that keeps him from seeing that. I could totally see that being part of the character. I just I wish the show at, at some point Naruto would have been like, hey, but. You know, I didn't get to meet my parents. They were both murdered before I met them, right? Like, you knew that? Hmm. I feel like they all got that out during the fight with Gara, though. Yeah, but, like, two things I was going to say. First, I agree with you. A lot of people feel like Naruto's sort of arc with Gara and their relationship there should have happened with Sasuke sooner to give them more of a base friendship to then turn into a rivalry later. Yeah. But something I want to point out is, and I meant to ask earlier, um, did you watch sub or dub? Not judging, just genuinely curious. Oh, okay, so um, the the answer to that is kind of a, probably a 50-50 mix of both. Uh, it would okay. depend on, A, what was available, um, and then B, so if I'm, uh, I'm fortunate enough to be working from home right now, and I can do my job pretty accu- accurately with the TV on, so if that if that is the case, but I need to be paying attention to my work and kind of like listening and watching peripherally, I would watch dubbed because that's the language that I understand. I can at least be keeping up with the story and look up when it sounds like something's uh, going off. Gotcha. Yeah. Then so- when when in the evenings or uh, depending on what was available on Hulu, uh, I basically had to finish Shipp- Shippuden uh, subbed and ended up watching a bunch of different subbed um, episodes. So I got a good taste of like what the different voice actors' ranges were and like how how each each you know character plays out a little different based on their voices. I, I do have preferences to some characters over the other. I think Rock Lee's dubbed voice is better than his sub voice. Uh, Naruto's sub voice is infinitely better than his dub voice. Es- uh, yeah. Especially in 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 the original Naruto and Shippuden, yeah. uh, she lowered her voice a little bit, so I know that's um that helped on the ears a little bit. <laughs> oh boy. Yeah, no. Yeah, but the reason I ask is cuz the specific scene I want to mention, I only remember how it went in the sub and I legitimately don't know how they translated it in the dub, so I don't know if necessarily the same message came across, but mm-hmm. um, during the first fight during in the Valley of the End, Naruto versus Sasuke at the end of the Sasuke retrieval arc, where he's like actually leaving the village to go join Orochimaru. Yeah, 
they actually do bring up what you mentioned. Like, when Naruto's trying to get through to him, he does mention the whole, hey, I understand why you feel as much pain because I never had a family. And that actually, like, makes Sasuke angrier at him and pushes him further away. Because Sasuke's whole point is, no, the difference between you and me is you never had what I lost. I know what it's like to have a family and then lose it. You just want something you never had. How dare you compare, make that comparison? And I'm not saying I agree with Sasuke's point of view, but, like, they do address it in a way that addresses why Sasuke continues down that path. Mm, interesting. That is a that is a great point. I, I'm glad you pointed that out. Yeah. No, but yeah, yeah, but th- that's the thing with Sasuke, and like I'm sure you saw Sushipen as well. One thing that they do a lot in Naruto is they tend to have villains to some extent to be a reflection of Naruto, especially later in um Shippuden. Like I remember with Obito, like a huge point they keep making with him is like, this is what Naruto, he's, when he was younger, he was so similar to Naruto, mm-hmm. but like, and then there are characters like Pain, who is like, this is what Naruto would turn into if he didn't have the support system of like Iruka and Kakashi and the rest of Team 7 and stuff right. like that. Yeah, I, I did, I really appreciated that. I think more specifically with Obito, um, just because, uh, a, I love how. Um, uh, what was Kakashi's team number? Um, I don't actually remember. Oh, yeah, th- that's. Hmm. I forget. I remember his team number, but like, I, I know what you're referring to, like yeah. Kakashi's team when he was younger. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I, I love the the like mm. very specific parallels, and even then going back to like Orochimaru. Uh, and the other two and their team, like it, it, it shows that there's kind of like repetitive cycles with these super powerful uh, ninja. And I, I really liked Obito's the I think the best because especially by the time he's he's turned and is helping them, it's like I recognize that I'm literally like Naruto if things went bad, and he's the example of how good it could have been. And I really love that comparison. I think more than any of the other villains he had to go up against. Because, like, Pain is kind of, like, fighting the seven deadly sins in different ways. I think they were kind of, like, piecemealing at that. It wasn't as direct. And I appreciate that Mm -hmm. because, I guess, at that time, um, Full Metal Alchemist would have been coming out. And that is kind of a tired anime trope at this point. But, um, yeah, I think I liked it a little bit more with Obito, personally. Yeah, I, I will admit, like, when Shippuden was going on, because there was, like, the whole period of speculation of who is Toby, and I remember Obito was actually the fan theory that everybody was like, nah, that's too obvious, they wouldn't go with that, they're not gonna do that, and then it was him, and I remember there was kind of a, like, kind of pushback from the fans, like, wait, that's dumb, why are they doing this? And it is funny that he has, by now, like, has his reputation as one of the best Shippuden villains, aside from Pain. Totally. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I'm, I'm mixed, mixed bag on Pain for me. I'm, I'm trying to go back through the original series, because it's probably been longer since, it definitely been longer since I watched that one, uh, yeah. and thinking of mm-hmm. what stuff I really enjoyed. Um, the, the tuning exams... Uh, oh yeah, top tier stuff in there. I was, God yes, yeah. oh my god. The tuning exams is probably peak OG Naruto for me at least. Yeah, I I I, I definitely think they might have gotten two higher highs, but in in like short peaks. Whereas like tuning exam feels like they just held down on space bar until the end of the the entire series for that because when you think it's done it's not done it's like no these kids still have to go out and fight each other at the end of this and it's gonna 
throw <laughs> off into an even bigger thing. It's like, ooh, I, I, I was I was prepared for a break at a certain point, and it never really comes until the end of Orochimaru's attack. And I was like, what? We just started off like doing classes together, guys. This is huge. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I will say even yeah. outside of like that the is... action, like I think Chunin exams like has some of the best character moments for Naruto and for the whole supporting cast. Because also up until the Chunin exam, I don't think there were many characters that got fleshed out outside of like the main trio and Kakashi. Like it was pretty focused on them up until then when they brought in all the other students and then really fully showed off their skill sets and personalities yeah yeah yeah, yeah absolutely i i really appreciate the way uh especially i think a couple of the other teams uh got fleshed out within their own rights that they weren't they weren't side characters like it, it really felt like a show of protagonists uh, across different generations yeah. i'm trying to think um Choji and um, I'm, I gotta pull up Shikamaru. Shikamaru. Oh my god, Shikamaru might be Sh- like my, Shikamaru is the best. He, he might be like top three characters for me. I really oh, liked yeah. him a lot. Yeah, no, he's just yeah. brilliant the whole way through. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and his, his whole team, his whole team gets like a double boss fight dedicated to them to expand their characters. Uh, there not a lot of shows would take that much time, and they they don't really cut back to the main trio for a while for that. I was kind of shocked at like the the pacing of the show was definitely to make. They, I think they knew where they were headed that it was going to be this giant battle at the end. It's kind of like the Avengers. You know, you have to care about yeah. all these characters so that mm-hmm. even if they show up for a second, you're rooting for them because you're like, oh hell yeah, they made it to the end. Yeah, yeah, we- yeah. We talked about this a little bit in the previous episode we recorded, the anime protagonists episode. But um, one of the things like about Naruto is that he has a pretty low body count as a protagonist when it comes to main villains. Because so many of the big boss fights go to supporting characters to flesh them out and show off their skills. And I think that's part of why Naruto had so much staying powers. Because it never really felt... it was Like to compare it to Dragon Ball Z, because of course we're going to fucking compare an anime to Dragon Ball Z. Sure. <laughs> it's like... They're up until Shippuden, like really up until halfway through Shippuden, up until the pain arc, there aren't really any fights where it's just people holding off the villain waiting for Naruto to get there. Right. Because there's so many people around Naruto who are his peers or his betters who really, he's holding off until an adult can come help fix or a better student can come fix. And I think that's what makes the show so interesting is that up until probably the last arc of Shippuden, even though Naruto is a protagonist, he never feels like the world revolves around him until it literally does by the end. And even then it, it almost felt like the, the world expands so much by the end that Naruto feels like like a very important cog in the clock, but he's not like he he gets to keep the you know the the power of the um, ten tails to control the others, but it wasn't it wasn't something that was maybe specifically coming to him. It was only because he got there. Uh, I and I like I like the 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 way they kind of undid the prophecy uh, trope by making it like I mean he could be if he doesn't die by the time he gets there. Yeah. That was actually something I wanted to ask you about because this was something I had disliked about Shippuden my first time through was the, at the end where they brought in like the prophecy or whatever about how Naruto and Sasuke, I forget the character's name, but they're basically like the two reincarnations of Ninja Jesus' mm-hmm. sons or something. Yeah. And like, 
I felt like the sudden reveal, like, oh yeah, no, there's this big prophecy and, like, Naruto is, like, literally, like, inherently super powerful kind of undermines the first two-thirds of the series where he's basically has the entire deck stacked against him and he's working his way up until that point and it's like yeah no it turns out he actually always had a little step above everybody else is what it felt like to me at the time when i read it so i just wanted to get your take on that as well hmm um i think i think the way that i read it and maybe it was because i was watching so much mixed dub and sub um the way that i read it was that literally any of the generations we had seen previously could have fulfilled those roles and it was kind of like Jiraiya and Orochimaru there's no reason they couldn't have fulfilled those roles to to my knowledge beyond like the series of events that it leads to like because Naruto has the nine-tailed fox in him he's able to get through a lot of the challenges to get him there um but like uh, I I, I'm I'm thinking of like the Marvel what-if stories like what if Jiraiya had the nine-tailed fox implanted in him Right. W- would he have made it to the same place? Because like, it was it wasn't specifically lineage, was it? I mean, it it was kind of to the point that they represent the two sides of the um, ninja family, so, um, main clans. But it, they also made it sound like there were other clan options, right? I mean, so here's the thing: like, it it was kind of like. the chakra essence or whatever of those two brothers that had been feuding for generations like it was it was almost a literal reincarnation in a sense like it it was honestly closer to like the way it works in the avatar with the avatar cycle yeah because like one point they actually bring up is um sasuke is born right after madara like the original madara dies because like he couldn't have a reincarnation, obviously, because he was still alive. And that's kind of one of the points they bring up, is that there was this huge pause in this cycle because Madara unnaturally extended his lifespan. And only when he finally, like, allowed himself to pass on was when he knew that, like, it was in a point where there were going to be two people born who could carry out the rest of the prophecy in a mm. way that he thought would benefit him. Maybe, okay, so so maybe it's the, going back to what I said earlier, it's probably the mix of the nuance that comes out of watching the sub and then also watching the dub and them kind of like maybe dumbing things down a little bit. My, that... I will also readily mention that I have not like actively consumed Naruto media since my senior year of high school. <laughs> so there's definitely a little bit of like wear on the um, tapes at this point. Sure. But like, so that's what I'm running off of. But I like what you brought up about the prophecy because like something I just want to compare and contrast with Naruto right now is like you said, in this case, it was kind of felt like there were multiple people who could have met the criteria, if not for a few specific things. Um, two examples I want to refer to that I love the way I handle prophecy is the Percy Jackson and the Olympian series and prepare your pitchforks, the Harry Potter books. Yeah, <laughs> read a different book, whatever. So basically, I'll start with Percy Jackson because obviously probably the more preferable comparison right now. So obviously, it takes it's a Greek mythology series. So Greek mythology, lots of fun with prophecies there. The central conflict of the percy jackson books is that there's a prophecy that said that on their 16th birthday a child of one of the main three olympian gods uh, zeus poseidon or hades is going to be forced to make a choice that will either preserve olympus or destroy it and so the thing is it's a pretty vague description it's just a son 
or daughter of one of well a child of one of the th those three gods and at one point in the series and it's kind of minor spoilers at this point because it's been a while at one point in the series including percy there are three possible contenders there's one child of each god still alive and at multiple points it's a question for percy of does the prophecy even refer to me am i constantly in danger because people are misinterpreting and targeting me instead of one of the other two kids Hmm. and yeah and then in harry potter and this is something that i think the fandom has made more of a thing out of than the books because the books i think literally mentions it twice and then it never gets brought up in the movies is that the prophecy that causes voldemort to go after harry could have also applied to neville longbottom yeah 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 which mm -hmm. again and it's like mm -hmm. i just love things where it's like plays with the concept of predetermination like that yeah, I, I like I like the self fulfilling prophecy aspect. Like, uh, maybe I just prefer my headcanon. The idea that like Kakashi and Obito could have filled those same roles. Or... I mean, hey, I definitely prefer your version too. Like, uh, if it turns out that I've just been completely <laughs> misinterpreting what happened in the manga all these years, and that's like miscolored my interpretation of what happened, I'll totally eat crow on that. But I just. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely yeah. not the expert. So if anyone told me I was wrong, I would not fight it. <laughs> Put it that way. Oh, don't worry. The best way to get correct information on the internet is to be loudly wrong about it. Trust me on this. Very true. You are not wrong. <laughs> if I thought I was an expert or confident in my opinions on anything, I would not be using a screen name right now. <laughs> there you go. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. So what does that say about Paresh? Um, or Seth. <laughs> yeah, I mean... I, my my thing was when I got into the internet, I didn't like screen names weren't um, at the forefront because uh, I got in through like Facebook and MySpace where you're supposed to be yourself. Gotcha. So like uh, yeah. like screen name identities never really became part of my thing. And then it got right. to the point where it's like, well, there's thousands of hours of my voice and hundreds of minutes of my video and lots of writing and content of mine out there. So you could track me down. No problem. No point in hiding anymore. But then they invented they invented the term himbo, and I just adopted that. So no one can be mad at me when I'm wrong. It's just because I'm dumb. Yeah, see, that's why I need to start working out so I can be like relatively built enough to be considered a himbo. <laughs> yeah, I, I, then I can get away with it. I, I lucked into that. Uh, I blame it all on my Viking ancestors and nothing that I did myself. Uh, but wow! So that was one hell of a deep dive into the lore. I am loving this so far. So. Um... Just a just a couple more follow up questions. Just uh, just to move the conversation along. Sure, um, hit me with we've them. well, we've just yeah, we've discussed who best boy is. It's Rock Lee. Although Shikamaru is probably just uh, the be like objectively the best character. I think I think that's what I is that accurate to say that what you, what your feelings are. Sh Shikamaru went from being like vaguely annoying to the character that I perked up the most when they were on screen. Uh, yeah. I, I think that that his his arc in like losing his teacher in uh, I, losing his father in just all the stuff that he goes through to get to where he is and he's still just like busting out these like like you know three dimensional chess moves on people and I'm like I I would watch a series about just him like a hundred percent no 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 yeah. issue with anyone else but I would yeah. watch a series about just him. Oh yeah, yeah I remember. Oh, yeah. After the final chapter of Shippuden came out, um, there were these Gaiden novellas that 
Kishimoto release, and one of them was a Shikamaru focus, and, like, nobody cared what the other novellas were. I do not even remember what those (laughs) other ones were, and I read them, because Shikamaru had a focus on the chapter, and nobody else mattered. Yeah. That makes sense. Uh, I would not be shocked. Yeah. All right. So, where where I was going with this was uh we we've determined who best boy is uh who do you think is best girl? Good question. Um, okay, so I, I keep going back to Karen. I just I I she was so really she was so hmm. I don't know what it was. I I don't know what it was. I I, hmm. I think that she was so focused on what she wanted, but so easily distracted. She felt like a like. She, she, if if there was a male version of her character, it would basically be Rock Lee, except for she's bad, right? So, but th- but they have the mm-hmm. same like tropey stuff around them. I think she got like kind of weakened for being a female character, and that's you know probably just a uh, the way that the anime aged. But I I just I really liked her a lot. <laughs> I, you know what? This is part of why I love hearing people's first impressions because I uh, you know I don't know a lot of people who would say that she's their favorite character but i think the you know reasoning you provide is definitely made me at least reassess my memories of her character as well that's a pretty interesting way of looking at it yeah okay well and and let me let me let me re- retrace my steps here so you said best and i'm i'm talking favorite and i do think those yeah. are different <laughs> best girl um so I don't. I've never watched Boruto. I feel like Hinata never got her just desserts for the series. I was very, very happy with Sakura getting to like mm-hmm. level up and, and be able to kind of fight on their tier. Um, you know, and now now that I'm saying it, Eno is popping to mind. But I I, I think I think it might be Hinata. I, I think she's probably best girl. Very good choices. Like. I'm just mm-hmm. very happy right now with those answers, honestly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, but I agree. Hinata deserved a lot. Like, if she if she got her, like, hypothetical god-tier moment, I would say her. But... The, the closest she gets is putting up enough of a fight to inspire Naruto to finish off pain, from what I remember. Right. Which is still a really great moment for her character. It's just unfortunate, you know, that... It ended up being the way it ended up. Yeah, yeah, I I agree. Um, who was the? Um, oh, she was part of the. Uh, I'm I'm blanking on the words now because this is probably the most Japanese like names and words that I've learned for anything. <laughs> um, the Akatsuki the Akatsuki <laughs> member who was made out of paper and she like billion bombed. Uh, oh yes, Canon. Yes, Can- yes. Canon. Oh, she's great. Uh, I, e- although evil, uh, she was definitely up there. And like, I didn't think she was gonna amount to much. And then she was like billion paper bomb, and I was like, wow! <laughs> like I was blown <laughs> away. Yeah, that's one thing that I'll always love Naruto for is they took concepts like paper and clay and drawings and turned them into the most believably badass powers. Yeah, like. Fucking Konkuro and Sorcery, like, having fucking puppets and using that as your offense, like, that blew my mind. Uh, did you guys ever see the movie uh, Dead Silence? I have not. Yes. Oh, my God. The, the, the one with the, the horror movie that's about ventriloquist, right? Yes. 
Um, it, it's it's yes. Oh my god, such an underrated horror movie. That, my god, uh, yeah. one of my favorites. Uh, all I could think about during the puppet fight was if you took this in a vacuum and made it like even more horrifying, it would be one of the most horrifying things you could do in anime. I mean, given the extra bit of mm-hmm. canon with some puppets literally being stronger because they're made from an actual corpse and retain that person's abilities, it's already pretty fucking terrifying. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 100%. I, I, I guess I meant, <laughs> like, visually, it's just kind of in this, like, desert oh, cave. Oh, no, visually, it's definitely uncanny valley territory a lot of times. Sure, yeah. yeah. But that can like, also make it scarier. <laughs> oh, yeah. Speaking of the Akatsuki, uh, who are your guys' favorite members? Like, oh, who, favorite members of the Akatsuki, man. Probably... I mean... Close call between Itachi and Deidara. It's pretty close between those two. I I don't... Yeah, I... I oh, God. The, no, sorry, the only reason I didn't count, like, Pain or his trio is because I almost, like, with the way their story went, count them separate from, like, Itachi and um, Obito's gang. Oh, sure. But, like, yeah. Deidara will always have a soft spot in my heart because I started watching Shippuden the way that most people my age did in the 2000s, watching each episode in three parts on my on YouTube. <laughs> um, and so, you know, Shippuden opens with um, a couple episodes in the Gara versus Deidara fight, and that fight just completely blew my mind because Gara is such a powerhouse and he fucking loses right. decisively. And that's how you have a character make an impact. And then Itachi, I mean, is just still to this day widely beloved by the fandom for, I mean, just the way, the directions his character goes and, like, the shit he goes through is just... And, of course, I feel like a huge part of that is because I grew up with the dub, so Crispin fucking Freeman bringing that character to life definitely impacted how I feel about sure, him. Sure, sure. Dude. <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. How about you, Parish? My personal... Oh, God. Who's the shark guy again? Kisame! Uh, Kisame. Kisame, yeah. Oh, Kisame, yes. Oh, my God. I He is my favorite, but mainly because of his weapon. Oh, Because on, yeah. on its own, just the thought of um, that sword that's really just made up of, of a bunch of little barbs, like shark skin. If you rub it against it the wrong way, it'll cut your ass. And I just think that is just so deliciously brutal. I love it. Yeah. And, um, oh, my gosh. What was the thing with the mouth on the sword again? Well, like, what did the, was the did, did he have a sword with a mouth on it? Yeah, because the, the sword thing was that as it cut people, it absorbed their blood, and if it absorbed enough blood, it basically had the awakened state where it rips out of the bandages and has the mouth on it. Oh, there, yeah, and there you go. But yeah, the yeah, just so yeah, just just for his weapon. When it yeah. falls in love with Killer B and it's like wants to be his pet so bad, I that was wonderful. I just really loved yeah, no. that. Oh man, Killer B. And the whole Rain Village are just fucking a- astronomical improvement to the show as soon as they all show up. I was kind of, like, pleasantly surprised that they're just... To find out this deep into the series that there's this village sitting out there with these absolute goddamn powerhouses where Sasuke and his team show up to take out Killer B and it's like, oh, no, no, <laughs> that's not going to work, is it? No. <laughs> Good world building. That's I would, that's what I would call that. Oh my god. So um, all right. All that just from the best girl conversation. I freaking love it. Oh my <laughs> gosh. Okay. Um, so um, 
how about how about I I will I am loving to see where this next question will will take us. Um, so I think we talked about like your highlights uh, before we started recording. We talked about highlights that you that you really liked. So uh, what were some of your highlights, Seth? And and uh, oh. start with how you define a highlight. Yeah. Um, so uh, before the conversation, I was googling highlights to look at lists to like refresh my memory, and all I could find was top mm-hmm. ten Naruto battles. And to me, a highlight is something that really jumped out to you, not specifically something that is a battle. Where like battles are definitely highlights; they're meant to be. They're rising action; like they're by definition meant to be highlights. So I wanted to also tap into like parts of the show that I enjoyed that aren't specifically fights or battles or anything like that. Um, because I, I think that Naruto training to get the Rasengan is a highlight. It, it really captures the essence of how hard he has to work or, or even from there going into uh, his training with um, Kakashi to use the shadow clones to master uh, the abilities even more that, that felt like probably the smartest anime thing i've i've seen in a while just the oh yeah we've invented all these cool powers let's expand on them a little bit so both of those are definitely highlights to me um the the moment with um jirai and uh, tsunade before he goes back to the is it the village in the rain or the village village yeah, in the, the mist? rain village yeah rain yeah. village and mm. she knows he's basically going to go die and they have this moment oh, yeah. and and it's not just like it's a moment that we know there's more history there than we've seen but we've also seen a lot of their history and we also got to watch them have this amazing battle with Kabuto and Orochimaru and you know Naruto finally bleeping on, onto their radar as somebody that's going to be uh you know forced to be reckoned with so we get all that history in that moment and uh I think the way that it was drawn the the art there like you can tell sometimes the show really steps up its artwork for specific moments and so that that always pops out as a highlight to me oh god yes <laughs> by the way the technical card term for that is sakuga when the animation suddenly improves for dramatic moments yeah i did not know that yeah yeah sakuga that's a it's just it's just a little like it's one of those terms where it literally means just like animation but it the western audiences like have adopted it as like a shorthand for great animation for when the action picks up oh gotcha okay yeah 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 yeah. so yeah um all right so yeah those those are some great choices for because i was gonna ask just like did you cry when jiraiya died um no, um, I didn't. Actually, this, this, ser- That's this series wasn't as emotionally evocative as I think uh, I, I imagined it was going to be. Like, I, I definitely got where, like, the intensity was. And I think if I had actual nostalgia for it, I probably would have. Uh, I didn't cry there. Also, he got to die like a fucking badass, so. Yeah, no, he has one of the... <laughs> of all the ways to go out, he has one of the best ways to go out. I'm sorry, I curse. Should I... Uh, no, it's it's fine. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Wait, have I not been cursing this whole time? That might be a first. Sorry, I just... I, I, <laughs> oh, shit, you're right. I, I try to pull back when I'm on other people's shows, so... Uh, uh, but fine. they slip out at times. Dude, we're fucking explicit up in here. <laughs> um, was good. You, you know what did get me was uh, when, when Pain switches from talking to Naruto, 
that was like I I, I, de- I definitely wasn't like weeping, but I was definitely like welling up at like the amount of emotional empathy and power that they give to Naruto. It's not normal for male protagonists very often, and it's and it's not just like his impassionment. It is his actual empathy and and his even just the decision for him to say no. You know what? I'm just going to go talk to this guy. Yeah, there's a reason talk no jutsu has become such a meme in Naruto communities because of his tendency, especially in Shippuden, to resolve entire arcs by just talking it out and getting through to the villain. Right. Like, but I mean, even really early on, you see that like when he was talking to Haku during the Zabuza arc, like the level of empathy is there already being able to talk to someone like that and get through to them. Yeah, and and maybe that has to do with his his outlook on the world, the fact that he wants to fight everybody, but he doesn't want to kill anybody. I, I've always yeah. loved that, you know, even from early on, he's like, I can't wait to fight that person. But it's this, like, giddy excitement of, you know, we'll obviously not kill each other. Obviously, that's not going to... Like, that's a just such a, right. such a separate thought from his mind. Uh, so maybe that adds to it. Maybe that's why he's able to see the villains in the way that he does, is he genuinely does want to fight them, but he does not want to kill anybody. Uh, I just, uh, I really, that that hit, and I think Payne was the right character for that to come through on, especially just seeing him strapped into that device and, you know, the the very obvious physical difference between them. You can see how much that, you know, the pain of his life has cost him, and then you see Naruto, who's where he is because he's able to overcome that. That one definitely hit different for me. Yeah. Um, I will say, like, for people from, I guess, my generation, air quotes around generation, if you can call it that, like, the pain arc for a lot of people was, like, the emotional peak of Shippuden up until the end mm. because of those moments. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I could definitely see mm-hmm. that. Um, let's see. Um, uh, Minato and uh, what was uh, Naruto's mom's name? Um Shh. Uh, Kushina, oh, Kushina, Kushina, yeah. Um, Kushina. Their their like heartfelt uh, advice to Naruto as they're literally dying from the nine tailed fox. Uh, that one definitely got a, a couple tears out of me. And then you know the one that uh, this won't be shocking, but the one that really got me was I forget who asked, but when um, Mike Guy goes to open the eighth gate, and I, I think it's Gara that says. Do you do you feel bad that your teacher's gonna die or something along those lines? And Rock Lee goes, uh, to to cry over this moment would be to like take away everything that would build up to this moment. And it would be literally the worst thing that I could ever do is cry. And I'm sitting there going <laughs> trying to hold back tears trying to hold back tears with him, but knowing that like, I mean my tears aren't going to affect the battle, so I can, I can, I'll cry for you, Rock Lee. Right, right. <laughs> yes. Oh my god. Wasn't expecting oh, it man. too at that at that point in the in the battle or in the show. I was like, this is, damn. Yeah, it is a great point of pride that guy is the one character who got the closest to killing Madara. Oh yeah. Like that. That I think. The fact that Kishimoto made that decision and the way that it played out, I think, speaks volumes about Guy's character. Yeah, yeah. Oh, speaking of of Madara and highlights, the first time he's resurrected and drops into the battlefield and he just starts clapping cheeks left and right. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah. yeah um I-, I spent probably more time than i should have watching amvs of that moment in high school but that 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 is a fucking moment that that is like one of the one of the few that the way that it jumped out the way that i was like oh he's probably just gonna do some like killer move or whatever i mean he literally drops two asteroids later on so he's capable of a lot but his his like first choice is now let me go warm up a little bit with an army what yeah it it, it's good yes so good so that that was the point i think uh leading up to the you know the uh the great shinobi battle that was the point in the show where it like it literally felt like everything was paying off i was like anytime that i had to sit through the Sasuke Itachi conversation for the 17th time or, you know, whatever, all of that's paying <laughs> off at this point. I, it doesn't feel yeah. like uninvested time anymore. All right. Okay. So, uh, I think, uh, two more questions. Cause I know you got to go. And, um, so you could be as brief as you want, but, uh, if you could have one jutsu to perform in real life, what would it be? The the one that I say in real life all the time is Byakugan because I just love the intensity <laughs> that they say it to to yes to, yeah oh my to basically just like squint really hard is the essentially what it looks like they're doing like the veins are <laughs> popping out in their face I I'll do that sometimes in real life God damn it you're right um <laughs> I, I think that one's just really funny I I also that would be very helpful right like I could I can navigate a around a quarter sized yeah. blind spot in my back right. Yeah. Right. Um yeah, Byakugan definitely definitely up there. Um Sage Power stuck out to me just because I have a lot of like downtime and quiet time where I end up just like sitting quietly outside. I love to smoke different kinds of meats and grill and stuff. So I'll have just like long stints of just mm-hmm. sitting outside. Uh, sage Power would be very helpful for uh building up my um, you know, third chakra type. Yeah, probably one of those two. I w- I'd probably pick one of those two. Great choices, great choices. Um, and uh, last one. Um, any interest in Boruto? Whew. Um, good. It's okay. This is a judgment-free zone. No, no, no. no I, I, I don't. It's, it's not that I feel like I'm going to be judged. I, the, the mm. when I spoke at the beginning of the the evening that my friend and I spent uh, looking at battles, he, he also showed me. A battle between, and this has been months at this point. So I, it was Sasuke and Naruto fighting this long-haired horn guy, uh, me, me, something. I forget. Yeah. Um, yeah, I haven't seen it, but I know what you're talking about because it shows up in my YouTube recommended all the time, and it's like the only thing I ever hear anybody talk about related to Boruto. Yeah, and and the fact that the <laughs> if that's one of the highlights of a series about a different character than Naruto, it makes me a little cautious of. Uh, <laughs> what that means yeah. for the other characters in the series. I know I, I, I do. I may, I may go and visit it someday. I don't have any intentions of it at this point. Uh, I've just started a few other anime <laughs> that I'm, and I'm also trying to keep up with some of the like regularly appearing new stuff, you know, Dr. Stone and my hero and um, things like that. So I, my, my time commitment if if it's not as a favor for somebody, is going to end up being low. So yeah, there's interest there. No guarantees on when that would ever happen. Yeah, one thing I will say about Boruto that may or may not affect your decision to watch it is that, from what I've heard, the quality is very hit or miss throughout. 
and apparently there's a decent stretch that only ended recently where Kishimoto wasn't actually involved in writing it. And even the parts where he is writing it, like he has a bunch of co-writers. So that's definitely affected the quality throughout. So interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm not the kind of person that's like turned off by the passing of hands in a series. I think sometimes the new voices can be just a little awkward for longtime fans, but for maybe new fans, it's, it's the way to get somebody into a series. I think about, totally unrelated but i think about like arrested development and the switch over from season three into four and five which were being produced by netflix and that switch over a lot of people jumped ship and the payoff to some of the stuff in the netflix versions is almost better than the original three seasons so i i'm i'm usually open-minded to that kind of stuff but it's also just the commitment. I mean, how many episodes of Baruto are there now? And now there's Baruto Shippuden. Ooh, it's a tall order. I didn't even know there was a Baruto Shippuden. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I mean, you've also clearly, like, consumed more Boruto media than I have. I tried, like, reading the first few chapters way back when it started and lost interest. Uh, no, I, I haven't consumed it. I'm just familiarized with it because of... Uh, this oh yeah no that one video you mentioned watching that's still more than I've consumed okay yeah well I'll put it I did watch a couple of the early episodes there mostly because I wanted to see Metal Lee uh, because I heard that he has like um, pee shyness except for fighting he can't fight when people are watching but if nobody's watching he's really good Uh, (laughs) so I wanted to see that and then just the the way it was playing off felt like original Naruto again and I was more of a fan of Shippuden so that feels like enough of a slog right there by itself. I'm sure there's a bunch of really interesting stuff, and if anyone listening loves Boruto, you can tell me why on the internet, and maybe I'll take a chance, but who knows. Yeah. Oh, hey. And um, if someone wanted to tell you that on the internet, where would they be able to find you? Well, you could uh, send a tweet to at SethXDecker. That's my personal Twitter where all my shit posts and fart jokes come out of. And then also uh, Naruto opinions. If if you go back to the point where I was watching the show, there's probably like every couple days a new <laughs> Naruto hot take uh, from that time period. You might you might have to just like search my tweets and then different uh, Naruto uh, you know keywords or, to find them. But yeah, if you if you would be interested, that's where right. I am. All right, uh, and um, Black Belt, I think you wanted to tell seth about yeah. one filler episode to recommend oh, yeah. yep. yes so before this i'll ask so like i'm guessing you didn't get around to watching any of the movies or anything I, with this i or? did not actually i didn't even know there were movies until i was trying to look to see if shippuden was on netflix and like yeah. six shippuden movies popped up and i was like well oh okay yeah that makes sense <laughs> yeah so i mean most of the movies i will say are pretty standard you know shown in anime movies you know it's a like self-contained cool thing with a villain that you'll never see or hear from again except for if you can find the last one which is literally called naruto shippuden the last i think which is like a canon post shippuden movie that like actually shows naruto and hinata getting together like interesting yeah Uh, so if you'd like to see something with a little bit more um hinata focus that would be a good thing to look at i've heard did they Um, is that the um the filler did they turn filler episodes into a movie? Because I remember the like last group of uh, Shippuden episodes were like uh, uh, Kazakage's wedding. Oh, Kazakage's wedding gift. Maybe I read it wrong. 
Um, Some wedding, the end I, of the series, right? No, Naruto's wedding. That's an episode, 494. I'm looking at it right now. Okay, it, it, it might be. I'm not sure. Um, I'll probably just message it to you later if I find it. But the filler I wanted to recommend sure. um, is called Goddessy Gotta Know Kakashi Sensei's True Face. This is the filler episode that is held in the highest regard for the fandom. So basically what it is is it's like a side thing where it's just like a regular lazy day in the hidden leaf village and the three kids um all decide you know what none of us know what kakashi looks like under that mask and naruto convinces the other two to help him try to pull off a series of pranks to try and see what kakashi looks like under his mask okay and it's just pure slice of life comedy joy because not to spoil anything, but, like, not just, like, the lengths that the three go to to try and see Kakashi's face, but the hilarious amounts of bullshit that occur to prevent it from them each time. And it's great because, like, it just shows them, like, operating as a team, but also just, like, acting like a bunch of kids. I love In that. just a way that you don't really get to see a lot, like, in later parts of the series. And also the ending to this day, like, I quote it in random conversations wonderful i yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll that's original series too right yeah it's original okay, series. yeah i remember i do recall skipping over those just because back yeah. then you just skip like three or four episodes of filler instead of whole seasons um right right but uh yeah, yeah no i'll definitely i'll definitely check that out at your recommendation yeah i think the actual episode number is like like 101 i think it is exactly 101 because i'm looking at the naruto wiki nice. entry right now oh well <laughs> i had to look up the name of <laughs> the episode <laughs> All right. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I know Seth, you gotta go soon. So um, just to just to lead it, just to end the episode on, just a summarization of your thoughts and first impressions on this very seminal series. Yeah. Um, overall, worth the watch. You can't skip the original series. Sorry, I've had a couple people ask me. I would not recommend dropping right into Shippuden. I mean, I guess probably technically you could because it's gonna get covered in like flashbacks, but you won't get the emotional kick. Also, you'll skip the tuning exam, so why would you yeah. do that? Yeah. It's worth pointing out that even in the manga, when the title of the series changed from Naruto to Naruto Shippuden, the chapter numbering didn't restart from one. So it is very much just two halves of the same continuous story rather than like an original series that you can skip and then like a sequel. Right, exactly. Yeah, it definitely feels like a continuation when you watch it. Um, yeah, big recommend. Uh, keep that fast forward button handy. Um, if you, I, I think I, I think I gave, I, I've made jokes about it a couple times in this episode already. The the Sasuke uh, Itachi conversations at a certain point, unless they were showing like new content, I was just skipping through those. I was like, yep, I understand. I I'm glad you're reiterating this. I'm now thinking about that. I know exactly what happened. What's next? Uh, so uh, mm-hmm. uh, that would be probably the only downside I think would be that I ended up fast forwarding through a lot of filler and that just if if there's anyone out there with the time to do a like no flashback cut or if that already exists maybe worth checking out if you don't have the the time to commit if you're a completionist though mm. uh you're in for a rude awakening <laughs> Uh, yeah. Ah, the joys of binging a series that was meant to be released weekly. Yes. God. One hundred percent. Oh boy. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, um, 
thank you so much, Seth, for coming on to this show. Like I said, this has been a dream come true since I since you were so welcoming to be on Film Rescue. And yeah, th- thank you so much for coming on. I'm glad that I could return the favor and have you on, on our show. I'm, I'm so glad it worked out this way. Uh, Black Belt, I'm so glad that you, somebody popped up in your life that had just recently watched Naruto for the first time. I'm glad I could be that guy. It's been wonderful to be here. We're glad to have you. This was a great, really fun conversation. Yeah, this is this is like I can already tell. Um, this is going to be one of our best episodes. Wonderful. I will do my best to push it out and force everyone to listen to my opinions on Naruto. <laughs> yes, looking forward to it. Ah, as a matter of fact, you could say that I believe it. Ah!